Okay, good evening. Hallelujah. Uh, what is going on with the coronavirus? Well, when it first started uh, coming out, uh, preachers and ministries, uh, you know, everything from judgment to doom to uh, God brought this to call, uh, you know, and then it says, if my people are called by my name, they'll humble and repent, turn from their wicked ways. But think of it is, this is touching the world. It's not just touching the body of Christ. So I totally disagree with that type of stuff. And uh, when God pours out his wrath, you're going to know it. You, there will be no wonderment. There will be an open demonstration of the wrath of God with no hope to man. Uh, so I said that when it first started that I, I uh, said it's not a time to make declarations. And of course, people don't never listen to wisdom. The Bible tells us, now this is God talking to us, not me, not, uh, you know, some governor, not a president. It says, prove all things. So you need to give everything time before we start spouting things out to let the world know that we are uh, weird in more ways than just God ways. So we need to just stop it and prove whether it's of the Lord. I have heard there are theories that it comes through the air, uh, you know, uh, by uh, microisms and, you know, things that have to do with cellular things and uh, internet. And some of you say, well, that's ludicrous. Who would think of that? Well, then there is the, uh, you know, all of the conspiracy theories that the government has done that, which I find it hard that even enemies around the world would come together just to cause us to be unemployed. Uh, I don't think France would bankrupt itself just to join America in a uh, conspiracy to imprison its people and to shackle the church. Then I have heard uh, things like, uh, well, you know, you're in fear if you don't assemble. Well, we're going to talk about some of that tonight. And uh, then uh, I've heard that, uh, oh, uh, oh, churches are afraid to lose their 5013C, so uh, we quit assembling, which is totally ludicrous. I've never been afraid of the government, and uh, I have faced Christians that are meaner than most governments, and uh, I've never feared them. I don't fear the government, but I'm also not foolish enough to disown the opportunity to keep more of my money that comes in the kingdom to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. As of yesterday, we uh, are involved in distributing over 2,000 tons of beans and rice in Africa where they have no body that is going to replace their paycheck. Uh, and so we uh, are still involved in preaching and spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, people have said, well, then why did we quit assembling? Well, number one, it had nothing to do with fear. Now, you were not there in the conference call, but you can uh, understand that when I heard the conference call of the governor to me and other pastors across the United States or across the state of Ohio, and uh, he is very... Uh, he's a devoted Christian, 
dedicated to his faith, and uh, he was very adamant about keeping men separated so that this virus could not spread. So I heard the concern in his voice. Now, I know that some of you would say, well, well, you were just afraid of your governor. I wasn't afraid of my governor. I'm not afraid. Not afraid of the assembly. Fear has nothing to do in it. But many of you have houses. Some of you rent, some of you own, but all of you lock the doors at night. You are more afraid of getting broken into than I am afraid of being reprimanded for meeting in a church. You know, Pastor, it's as simple as a snow day. I know that sounds crazy. I don't want to compare this to a snow day. But why don't we have church when there's icy roads? Why don't we just believe that we're going to be protected on our way and go ahead and put everyone at risk and bring them here? I don't think it was a lack of faith on the Mm -hmm. church. And I think that is what some people are assuming today, that the church is operating out of fear. And I don't believe that's the case at all. Not Not afraid of anything, let alone devils, governments, or anything else. The church also has to be, uh, it has to be compliant with certain things. When uh, you would bring your child to the nursery, and uh, then Sister Cadill over here brought her child to the nursery, her child has got a runny nose, uh, her ears are putting out pus and her nose is running and she's coughing and hacking everywhere, you would immediately meet me in a very aggressive way after church and inform me that your child was being jeopardized and the health of your family was being threatened. So I would have to confront Sister Cadiddle and uh, she would then maybe have the opportunity to get offended or maybe not. Hopefully, Sister Cadiddle wouldn't be. But you would expect that I would demand safety for your children. And we do that as much as we possibly can. So when it comes to you, if I could save one life by not spreading or contaminating someone. Now, I don't know who has it. We just found out today that a friend of our family, their daughter, has contracted it. She's 19 years old. Pray for her breathing. So we are doing that. She's entering into her first year of college, yet now she is fighting the coronavirus. Now, do would I bring her... Uh, into the contact of my congregation? No, I would not do that. I would make sure that she could not contaminate anybody else, and I'm going to care for her, minister her, pray for her. I'm going to do all that I possibly can. But if we could save one life by doing this, because you don't understand the virus, whether you think the conspiracy, whether you think the government, whether you think they're shutting the church down, whether you think all these things, and when it's all over, you'll see how surface, fluffy, untrue all of that is. But let's just say that you, we don't know where it came from, but what we do know is we are in the midst of it now. And it doesn't matter how you get into 
the center of hell like David said, I make my bed in hell, but God is there. What we have to understand is God is with us. And so why we are fighting against time frames and this or that, you are just using energy and uh, that is never ever going to produce anything. What you want to do is put your faith and trust in God. Use this time as it were behind the Passover blood of the Lamb and stay there and begin to build your faith in God deeper than it's ever been built. Because as soon as this is over, I don't want the church to go back to the way the church was. Because for years I have struggled in a failed attempt to cause the church to be the church outside the church, to cause the church to love one another, to care one for another. And basically what the church overall in America has become is a dead religious institute that is worshipped and motivated by itself more than it is its commandment and its uh, declaration from God to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. What if, just what if, now remember, we know in the Bible that it says that whatever the devil meant for evil, that God turns around for his good. Yes. What if COVID-19, which everyone is oh, over, I'm not saying we shouldn't be, my issue is what if, Dad, just what if, God turns this around for the benefit of the church. And what was the unconventional way now becomes conventional? What if now the hands and feet of Jesus are actually in action outside of these four walls? Someone posted the other day on Facebook, I thought it was the best saying ever. The church is not empty. The church has simply been deployed. Yeah. Oh my gosh, would it be that the church is no longer sitting in the pew in a consumeristic evaluation of what they can gain from the church, yeah. but what they can do to For be the, the church. church. Yes. What if that would be the case? Well, remember on the, the first night after the coronavirus, we had missed church. I preached on a message yeah. that said, pause. That, you know, and uh, I said that God is rearranging the stage. Because the church, just like the church in the book of Acts, up to uh, the sixth chapter were, were very active. After that, they started turning in on their self. They had church problems. They had division. They had all this and so forth. But then after Stephen is stoned, then what happens is the church comes under great persecution and the church goes out, picks up its commission, and the world begins to be saved. Not by preachers, not by prophets, apostles, evangelists, and teachers, but by ordinary people like Philip the deacon turning a city around and seeding another nation of the nation of Ephesus with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what we are called to do. But the problem is, is that we became worshipers of men. We became worshipers of churches, worshipers of denomination. We became worshipers of everything. And if we truly worship God, then we're going to be off of these pews after we are informed 
of the doctrines of the church, and we are going to the world. Now, we have had more people saved in the last couple of weeks that, you know, I know people think I'm giving altar calls every 10 minutes. Not every 10 minutes, every 15 minutes. But I'm giving altar calls every 15 minutes. We're having more people saved than we have ever had because sinners are watching online, responding and hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ when they should have been hearing it in their workplaces from their neighbors and from the church. But the church now has awakened itself and get ready, devil. What you meant for evil, God is going to turn for good and the church is going to rise up and shake itself and come alive and be what God called her to be. Amen. I think the world is waiting to see the church in her new state. See, the world has rejected the church because the church has began to reject the world rather than loving them and giving them hope and preaching the salvation of the cross and what Christ is. I don't think it's by chance that we're on Easter this week. I don't believe it's by chance that we've taken over social media for the cause of the gospel on Easter weekend. It's not Christmas. It's Easter. It's the reason we exist. It's the cross. It's paid in full. Bring in the salvation. Bring in those who are backslidden, who are afraid that this is the end. You know what? Maybe this is the preparation of the end time church. It may be. Let it be. That's all right. But I'm telling you, Dad, I'm with you. The church is awake and alive more than it's ever been before. And if you're not awake, and if this isn't moving you to move, then shake yourself because something has become so hard. Something has become so calloused in your heart that you cannot hear the timing of the Lord. I urge you, I call you to come back to the things of God because God is about to do something new in the church and I want to be a part of it. I want to be the church, not be sitting just in the church. It's time we get up, get out and go do what we've been called to do to the world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the church says this, if you talk to sinners, sinners say, I have no problem with Jesus. It's those Christians in church that I hate. Because Christians, all of us, I'm saying all of us, I'm not pointing to you and exempting myself, have not been the church in action. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've been meeting driven. We've been everything driven except purpose driven for Jesus Christ. And so we, as Christians, have been pushed out of our comfort zone. And for some of you that uh, think that the church is uh, being pushed underground or being silenced, let me tell you something. You know what? Our, we used to have, a, I don't know how many, 100, 200. Listen, we have four or 500 live streamers. Then, within a couple of hours, we have over 6,000 that are viewing the message. People are getting saved. They're typing in, hey, I've never been to church, don't know anything about it, I need to be saved. People are getting saved because they're hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. What I'm trying to tell you is this. No matter what it takes to get us back to our roots of carrying out the Great Commission, carrying out the Great Commission, carrying out the Great Commission then that's what we should be thankful for. God is stirring us, and God is changing us, and God is restructuring, as it were, 
the church because there's going to be a move. Now, we've talked for years that there is an end-time revival, and it's not going to come by just ministries. It's going to come from the church. It's going to come from people having Bible studies, not establishing church, having Bible studies, winning their communities, winning their uh, neighborhoods. I remember when you were little, Nikki, your mom and I, we were so, we didn't know anything. I mean, we just didn't know it. But we dumped our house of our furniture and we would have people come in. We'd have 60, 70 people in a living room and I'd be in one corner and everybody would be jam-packed in there. And I'm telling you, I didn't even have the Holy Ghost. I didn't know anything except I was preaching. So all of the rhetoric that we have used against uh, political parties, against churches, against religion, it's not time to stop it. And it's time to start telling people as much about Jesus as about what's wrong with the church, wrong with the government, wrong with religion. You need to start telling them what's right because of the cross. Yeah, let me tell you, often some of us have enough breath to post the negative part on Facebook. But let me just challenge somebody. What if we didn't waste another breath on what was happening in the world? Can I just say that we're not of this world? We're in this world, but we're to be about a kingdom that is different and far set above this kingdom that's different. I'm not, I don't believe, Dad. I love, I appreciate the media. I appreciate everything that they're yep. doing. They're keeping us informed. They're doing their best, yes. I believe, to keep us safe. Do I believe there's conspiracy? Maybe. Do I believe there was something from China? Maybe. Who cares? But do I believe everyone that's on that news is telling me the truth? Absolutely not. There's one truth right, right here. It's the one thing you can count on day in and day out. You can't turn on the news and count on it day in and day out. It will lead you astray. You can't count on what politicians are saying. It will lead you astray. But the word of God stands true through the yes. test of time. Let's put our focus, our words, our thoughts on the things of the kingdom and do something with the time we've been given. Do we realize that everything that mattered, Dad, let's just be real, Hollywood has been put to a halt. Yes. Movies, NFL, sports, everything that had the attention yes. of every family in America has been right. and yes. brought to a halt. Yeah. Why in the world would we not use this time? What if... What if, I keep saying, what if, what if the church rises to the occasion and the faster we rise to the call of what God wants us to do in this situation, the quicker it goes. Yeah. The quicker the church brings the forging of change yeah. to the forefront and becomes the church, the quicker God gets glory for what he's about to do in your life. The glory of doing what he's going to do in my life. The glory of someone that doesn't have food being brought food from yes. their neighbor and God getting the glory for that. What, what if? What if we took and before the virus even ended that all of us one, one person a day and then if every church did that, every believer did that around the world, you know what? Jesus might come before the virus is ever gone. But the truth of the matter is, Nikki, is that 
if what we're doing in a negative sense, mm -hmm. in an opinionated way, if that's not working, if you haven't won one person, if you haven't won one person to Jesus because of it, why not try something else? Mm -hmm. Amen. Why, why not try the gospel? How about really showing love? How about getting on and letting your fingers do the talking? And how about finding people that are not born again? People that you and I all know that are backslidden. How about bringing them into a conversation? Hey, have you been wondering about where your walk with Christ is? Have you been wondering, is Jesus real? Uh, how about when he used to possess the reins of your life? What are you doing now for Jesus? We all know backsliders. But if, if I took a poll today, it would all bring us to the place that we have fallen short to tell people about Jesus. Amen. There was a lady in our church in West Virginia when Phyllis and I uh, uh, were serving the Lord, and uh, her name was Sister Helen. She was a, just the purest, loveness, had a mean husband, and she still lived for God, and, you know, nothing seemed to attain her, but one night she had a dream. She had a dream about Jesus coming back. She woke up out of that dream. She didn't tell people the dream. She got up that morning and started moving as fast as she can, could, from house to house, telling everyone, Jesus is coming back. Yes. Now, the community thought she was crazy. The church said, oh, well, you know, she's, you know, everybody's got extreme. But the bottom line was she was telling the truth. Amen. Jesus is coming back. And he's going to come back for those, some of us uh, may not go the way of the clouds, but we may go the way of the grave, but he's coming back. Amen. And Jesus is coming back for those that are awaiting his return, and he's going to catch us up in the air. It is true, Jesus is coming back. What is more important, somebody yielding to your opinion or somebody accepting Jesus Christ? Now, I don't know if I would have that, much gusto in me, <laughs> I though, though I used to go door to door and tell them, look, if you need a ride to church, I will come and pick you up. I, I used to do that. And, uh, and shame on me that I'm still not doing it. But the thing of it is, we have got to get about the gospel, Nikki. Amen. It's time that we're not caught up of the things of the world. God's looking to set the church as a city on a hill, as yep. a light to the world. But we're so consumed with the things in this world. We've been, we, like, am I wrong to say that we've become so comfortable and so complacent with coming to church and receiving the word of God for ourselves, for our families, for what it can do for me, for what it can do for me, my household, and what it can yield? that we've become so complacent and so comfortable that we won't share it, that we have lost that, and that this is possibly changing yes, the heart changed. of the church? Because, see, I don't have the pew to come and sit in. See, right. I, I, it doesn't matter that I'm so fat on the word. If I am only a hearer only and not a doer, then what am I to the kingdom? Right. 
except a consumer. Yes. It's time we stop consuming the word and start doing, doing the living. word. Absolutely. We have to live it out. And there are people dying every single day. And this virus brought it to our face. Yeah. It brought it right to the forefront yeah. and said, look how many people we've lost in America yes. today. How many of those knew Jesus and how many didn't? Right. And, and I agree that more people have uh, died of fluenza sure. than have died of sure. the virus. But those people that died of the fluenza mm -hmm. still had a right to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ as much as everybody else Amen. that is being now touched by this virus has. So the question would be if we could turn back time and say, God, out of those 25,000 people that have died off of the flu or the influenza, how many of them yes. have been touched by a Christian in their last week of their life? Yes. That might throw some shadow upon how much we have not been active. Right. Where we have got to be active and get out and start doing what the kingdom of God has told us. Listen, we have got to, I'll say it in my way. We need to stop being whores for everybody else's cause and start being the people of God. You will promote political viewpoints. Come you on. will promote this. You will promote that. You'll promote this and that. And yet, we are not reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's time for the church to quit being just a cheap, Listen, right now, the world is being set up. Oh, now, absolutely. I'm just telling you that though God did not bring this and the enemy no. did, when God turned it around, the evil for good, <clears throat> he laid the heart of people in your lap. Yes. Now, listen, is. there are people all over America, all over the world, trying to take advantage of a bad situation. Yes. Correct? Yep. We have people calling asking you to purchase a cure for $29.95 and they're only calling age 70 year olds and above because they're trying to work on the fear of the elderly, right? Yes. We have people trying to... Empty hope. There you go, empty hope. We have people that are trying to, as soon as those IRS checks come out, they say that the fraud is going to be so high. Do not give your name. The IRS is not calling you. Don't give your check. Don't give your social security number. They're warning you in advance because yes. they know right. that people are taking advantage of the situation. Why are we not being wise as a serpent, as harmless as a dove, to those that are around us and sowing the hope of Jesus and harvesting the fields yeah. for the advantage of the kingdom. Yep. Listen, it's laying white at our feet. Oh, yeah. Walk through with a sickle and begin to harvest. And reap it, yes. Because they don't understand what's going on. They are fearful of what their future holds. We are not fearful because we know yes. how the story right. ends. We have victory in what God says. They don't. They need hope. It's not just hope over COVID-19. That may be the doorway, but it's hope to their family that has been lost, who are alcoholics, who are addicted right now. Yes. It's yep. loss from everything. God wants to save them. But we've got to be about the Father's business and not about 
earthly business. That's right. You are in shutdown for goodness sakes. What else do you have to do if you're not working from home that stops you from proclaiming the gospel in any way you can? Yes. And and I have to, uh, uh, you know, I was just as uh, rebellious and as ignorant to change as probably most people. I talked about Facebook and uh, so forth. Now I find that it is the greatest friend that I have to reach my church, to reach the world. So I have been transformed and thank God that I have because I only saw the negative because that's all I picked up. So I do repent. I do apologize for that. I probably separated more people by making those comments and getting you to agree with me uh, than I have ever won through uh, Facebook people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I just, uh, I owe you all an apology because I was narrow-minded. I thought there was one way, that was the only way. And now my mind has been opened up and I'll tell you what, I am a media a knowledgeable guy. I want to be on every media uh, outlet I can possibly get on. I want people to know about yes. Jesus Christ. I want them contact me. I want them talking to me. I want to be able to talk to them. And uh, so this has transformed our church yes. and is going to transform probably who we hire in the future that they're going to have to be wiser than I was and more savvy than I am with Facebook and uh, Twitter and tweets and wheats and all that kind of stuff. But I do want to encourage you that, you know, being negative, trying to figure it out, look, it is an endless route. It is an endless road. Well, I have my opinion. Yes, I understand, but nobody's knocking on your door to get it. You got to get it out on free Facebook because nobody giving you no money. So look, would you please just lay that aside? Let it all prove out. Do you ever remember we heard for years, you know, man, uh, weapons of mass destruction and all that. We had people tell us, I have it on good report and a very uh, authentic, uh, you know, a man that, you know, they saw him taking him out of the country just as we was entering in and all, they've never been found. Nobody's ever squealed. Nobody's ever oinked like a pig. Are you kidding? I think that that nation was ravaged because of misinformation. I think the war stunk. I, I support my troops. I support my nation. But I think they made wrong decisions. And if all we do is speculate like we did then, we could ruin millions of lives. And so there's no sense in speculating. Let's join together and present Jesus. You know, you said something good. Right here it is, the Passover. You know, as we stay under that blood, you know, as Israel and the Passover, they entered in as prisoners. But when they came out on that third day, just like the resurrection of Jesus, they came out liberated. 
They came out enabled, empowered. They came out with a new identity, the people of God. They came out with a new purpose. They came out with a goal. They came out with a challenge. They came out with a journey that they had to walk. And you know what? I believe that after all this is over, the church will be freer than it's ever been. It will be more focused. It'll be committed to its journey. It'll be committed to the good things of God to reveal to men. And we'll have a purpose. And we are going to reach our goal with Christ at the forefront. And that's what we want. So I want to encourage you. uh, Just look, I know that we all have inside information. I don't have any unless Phyllis tells me. But I'm, I'm sure everybody else does. But I'm telling you, only God knows, not you and I. And what we need to do is to walk through this moment that we can become a great church or we can just become a non-relative church. We can live in the past or we can click into the future. And I'm telling you that the church needs to be heard and you need to be heard, not the negative part. You know, look, if you want to catch bees, my, my dad used to be a, besides a, a gambler and, and all that, he used to paint cars, him and my uncle. And uh, they didn't have a garage or barn, so what they would do is after they got all sanded and wet down and all that, they got ready to paint, they would pour honey and all that kind of stuff out behind the car because all these little gnats and all these little bugs would migrate back there to the honey and they would be able to spray the car now I'm sure that it wasn't the the most you know successful way to do it but they did what they could do and they would paint cars in the driveway (laughs) And, uh, but they would pour that out and the bugs and all that kind of stuff would migrate towards the sweet. Wouldn't it be nice if we could get all the little crawlies and all that kind of stuff to come to a bit of the goodness of God and let it bring them into repentance yes. instead of letting them see the cold, hard face of what we call Christianity? Listen, saints... I I am so proud of our church, of reaching out one to another, caring one for another, responding one to another. Uh, You know, it's, it's, uh, it's just really, it has, to me, it's activated the church. And uh, so I think that something has come out of good when it's, we had callous ears before. And I'm, I'm telling you that it's changing people. More people have been saved just in the last three or four weeks than, than you know, months. Yes. And, and uh, so why do we want to be negative? Why do we want to draw attention or squelch that type of move of God? No. Listen, we don't proclaim to know about the coronavirus. That's above our pay grade. But what we do know is that the kingdom purpose is bigger than the coronavirus. 
And what we're encouraging you to do is there's been a new sense of community. There's been an awakening. There's been a, a reviving of the church as we know it. And I know that if our church is sensing it, so are others worldwide. And that this is a move of God's spirit for such a time as this. I mean, listen, we have single-handedly, you realize that the millennials had a bad rap. Single-handedly, those millennials have brought church into your house. Yeah. Every yep. one of the social media that we have here at the church are those millennials that they say they caught eating whatever they were doing and doing all the bad stuff and not showing up to work on time. I'm going to tell you what, they've been vindicated. Yeah. They're yep. working more than anyone's ever worked. They're bringing yep. social media and church right into your house. They're making it easy for you to view. Literally, God changed the view of the church. Yeah. in our home, change the view of a generation that was said all they are is on their phones, yet now the only way we have church is on our phones and our iPads. Yeah, amen. Thanks be to God <clears throat> that that generation was who they were and God had them born for such a oh, time yeah. as this. If, if it was not for these millennials running all this Thank media you. stuff, Thank you. our Thank church you. Thank would you. have no voice. Amen. <clears throat> But I am thank God that God is stirring revival. And I do believe that God is transforming all of our minds. Mm -hmm. And we have to allow that to happen. <laughs> uh, Rebecca says, Rebecca Pierce says, I've met more church members on Facebook than I have ever going to church. Absolutely. Imagine yeah. that. It's easier to communicate via Facebook than it is in person. Yes. But listen, we have to look at this after this what's the church going to look like after this moment yeah. See, that's going to be a big thing they're talking about reintroducing us back into our work and how it's going to take time and you know we don't know what that looks like well let me say this we don't know what church is going to look like after we come back. But what I can tell you is that community can't die. What I can tell you is that the love that has been shared from member to member, from member to neighbor, from neighbors to their workplaces yeah. cannot stop. This community, this revival that's happening within the hearts and the minds and the men of women based out of necessity yeah. has to stay alive. This is the way God meant it yeah. to be. But we have became cold and complacent. And it was easier to avoid certain situations than to interact. Yeah, we, we have, as uh, Rosalind said, we have for years prayed for revival. And I used to say, you want revival, then you have to understand it's going to come through ways and people that, you're, that we may not be yes. equipped to accept. Yes. And uh, I know Eric is, is saying, you know, church, we love you, and, and uh, we do love you. You're doing a great job. Thank you, Melinda. Eric, uh, Eric's saying, calm down, Pastor. I, get, I, I am uh, very uh, passionate about when I talk. So uh, you've got to take that with a grain of salt. Pay attention to what I'm saying and not in the <laughs> attitude I'm saying it. So uh, we have to realize that I am just aggravated at what the world is trying to do with this virus. Absolutely. But I'm also encouraged by what has happened yes. to the awakening church. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm telling you, I am just, I'm amazed. I, I see the church 
after years of encouragement and, uh, you know, ideas, try this, try that, and nothing working. Now I see people finding ways to work the gospel into people's lives. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, reaching out. Just expand your borders, though. Expand your borders. Uh, take a few moments. To, uh, you know, get a word from God from somebody and uh, deliver and touch their lives. So we just encourage you to keep doing what you're doing because you're doing a good job. And uh, I am just encouraged Amen. to see the transformation in our church. Yeah. And uh, so please keep loving all of the people that are your brothers and sisters. Reach out and extend your love to other people. Uh, don't forget to pray for all of the people that are on the front lines. Uh, man, who would have thought that the first responders would be grocery store people? But they are, yes. Someone, someone texted me this, and they don't want it posted, but this is a good question to leave ourselves with tonight. If the church, as we knew it, died, and Jesus resurrected it, so the way we used to do church is gone, and this would be the new way. What parts would he not resurrect again, and what parts would he? Yeah. Come on. That's a good thought-provoking thing, because as a church, there were some things I think that we did to just do. Yes. Why? Why? What would he not resurrect in the church today? I can think of some things. And I think that I have to ask myself, was I a part of those things? Yes. We as a believer have to use this, Dad, as a time. You said you repent because of the Facebook issue and that you couldn't see the value of what social media was. I think there's a lot of people that are afraid of a lot of changes in the church as we know it. Yeah. Look, God used very unconventional ways to rescue the world. Who, who spits in the dirt and puts it on a man's eyes for healing? Who does what Jesus did by going to a well that he shouldn't have been with, a lady that he shouldn't have been seen with, he shouldn't have associated with? Who does that? And you think of this, that Jesus spits in the mud, uh, in the dirt, makes mud, puts it, upon the eyes of a man and he's doing something that the man can't see or can't understand but he's about to transform the man's life come on what if that's what God's doing to us what if through this through this horrible thing that's happened in our world that God is turning it around for good and doing something in all of our lives and transforming and forging something completely different than we've ever seen it before. Would it be okay if God himself did it? Yes. Because I'd like to say yes. Yeah. Yes. This is no man doing this. This is God working on the back end of a really bad deal. But Absolutely. let me tell you something. God is always victorious. God's yeah. way will win. Yes, absolutely. And as we just continue to be the church, mm -hmm. uh, make it every day a Jesus day. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we do that, we're going to see 
just a lot of transformation in the people's lives. And uh, so I want to encourage you to continue to do what you're doing. I want to thank you for participating in all that. We got all kinds of stuff going out, and uh, I see, man, people, you're encouraging people, people singing and all all that kind of stuff, which I think people using their gift. This is Acts 2, 46 on down, house to house, in media form. Yep. It, it could not have been done any other way, Mm-mm. but it is being done now. That's right. And uh, so we just want to continue that. Uh, you know, engage people. Don't be afraid. If you don't have all the answers, just engage people. And Jesus is the answer. Share hope. So, yeah, share absolutely. Hope and share your story of what God's done in your life. He's enough. He's enough, but you have to share hope. That's what the world needs yeah, right now. Yeah, I better now. say hello, Phyllis. <laughs> yeah, uh, mom's I've seen on her lie on. She said, hi, Pastor. You know she don't call me Pastor, nor does she obey me as Pastor when she's at home. <laughs> but I guess it looked good here on this page. I'm kidding you, darling. Hallelujah. So please, folks, keep us up in prayer. This is a whole new journey to us. I am trying to make the transformation as fast as I can and as successfully as I can, and I'm trying to be a better preacher than I've ever been, and I'm trying to be uh, more effective than I've ever been with the souls of people that God puts in our care every time we meet as a church. That's right. So we love you, and uh, make sure that you stay safe. You know that Jesus is protecting you. Amen. Keep your neighbors, your families, your family faith, up in prayer because prayer never fails don't you fail your faith because it'll never fail you and God is still God no matter what's going on in the world he is still God you know we used to sing an old song uh, uh, he's got the whole world in his hands he's got the whole wide world in his hands, he's got the whole wide world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. Now, I see viewership has just dropped down. There's only one person left. I'll see you when I get home, fellas. But you know what? Do know this, that the earth is the Lord's, and he's not giving it over to the devil, and he's not giving it over to failure. He brought the church into being and the world into being in order to bless it, to prosper it, and to walk with it. Amen. God bless you. Hey, we'll see you Sunday morning. Oh, tomorrow night on the line of hope. And uh, that's going to be our last line of hope. Uh, We're just going to, you know, other people are picking it up. One of the great things about the line of hope, I see prayer requests come in, and then I see other people Pick that up and start praying for those people. I think that is, hallelujah, that is great. And uh, so you're praying one for another. And uh, so tomorrow night at uh, 6 o'clock, we're going to have uh, the line of hope that all we can do during this time is only believe. And then Sunday, uh, no, sad Friday night, good Friday. Boy, don't miss that. I've been looking forward to it. And uh, Kylan's been talking to me about it. And Kylan's been leading that every day, leading us up to Easter. And then uh, Easter uh, morning, 
uh, 7 o'clock, we're going to be having a sunrise miracle service. And uh, then at 10 o'clock, we're going to be having our regular Easter service. So don't miss it. Invite people to join you and to watch with you as we reach out, touch people, but that we reach out and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the resurrection. God bless you. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.